There shall be showers of blessing. Oh, that today they might fall. Now as to God we're confessing. Now as on Jesus we call. Showers of blessing. Showers of blessing we need. Mercy drops around us are falling. I say then, hath God cast away his people? God forbid. For I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham of the tribe of Benjamin. God hath not cast away his people which he foreknew. <clears throat> oh, I'm sorry. With ye not what this, know ye not what the scripture saith of Elias, how he maketh intercession to God against Israel, saying, Lord, they have killed thy prophets and dig down thine altars, and I am left alone, and they seek my life. But what saith the answer of God unto him? I have reserved to myself seven thousand men who have not bowed the knee to the image of Baal. Even so then, at this present time, also there is a remnant according to the election of grace. And if by grace, then it is no, no more of works. Otherwise, grace is no more grace. But if it be of works, then it is then then it is no more grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. What then? Israel hath not obtained that which he that which he seeketh for, but the election hath obtained it, and the rest were blinded. According as it is written, God hath given them the spirit of slumber, eyes that they should not see, and ears that they should not hear unto this day. And David saith, let their table be made a snare and a trap and a stumbling block and a recompense unto them. Let their eyes be darkened that they may not see and bow down their back always. Their back always. I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? God forbid, but rather through their fall, salvation has come unto the Gentiles for to provoke them to jealousy. Now if the fall of them be the riches of the world and the diminishing of them the riches of the Gentiles, how much more their fullness? For I speak to you, Gentiles, inasmuch as I am an apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify in mine office. If by any means I may provoke to emulation them which are my flesh, and might save some of them. For if the casting away of them be the reconciling of the world, what shall the receiving of them be but life from the dead? For if the first fruit be holy, the lump is also holy, and if the root be holy, so are the branches. And if some of the branches be broken off, and thou, being a wild olive tree, wert grafted in among them, and with the part, and then partakest of the root and fatness of the olive tree. Boast not against the branches, but if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. Thou wilt say then, the branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Well, because of unbelief they were broken off, and thou standest by faith. Be not high-minded, but fear. For if God spared not the natural branches, take heed, lest he also spare not thee. Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God. On them which fail severity, but toward thee goodness, if thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou also shall be cut off. And they also, if they abide still, not still in unbelief, shall be grafted in. For God is able to graft them in again. For if thou wert cut off, for if thou wert cut out of the olive tree, which is wild by nature, and were grafted contrary to nature into a good olive tree, 
How much more shall these, which be the natural branches, be grafted in their own olive tree? For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery, lest ye should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part is happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles become in. And so all Israel shall be saved, as it is written, there shall come out of Sion the deliverer, and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant unto them when I shall take away their sins. As concerning the gospel, they are enemies for your sakes, but as touching the election, they are beloved for the Father's sake. For the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. For as ye in times past have not believed God, ye have now obtained mercy through their unbelief. Even so have these also now not believed, that through your mercy they also may obtain mercy. For God hath concluded them all in unbelief, that he might have mercy upon all. O oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God! How unsearchable are his judgments, and his ways past finding out! For who hath known the mind of the Lord, or who hath been his counselor, or who hath first given to him, and it should be recompensed unto him again? For of him, and through him, and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. See each one of you this morning and be here with you. We praise the Lord that He has arranged such a time for us to be together. Even though we may have issues, may have problems, uh, praise God, He's not going to let any of that stop us from coming together and worshiping Him in spirit and in truth. He's not going to stop us from being obedient to Him, but He's going to draw us into obedience in Him. All right. So I want us to talk a little bit this morning, as I'm sure you can tell by the somewhat drawing on the board there, about the fact uh, that we are adopted into the family of God. Let's begin. Turn me with me to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. We'll begin in verse 14. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. He is our Father. He is our Father. In all the ways that a father loves his children, he loves us. And he's the creator of all things. He's God Almighty himself. So he's always loved you. He's always cared about you. He's always had you in his perfect design and plan. And that is to bring you into his life. Everlasting life. We've talked a good bit uh, here about trees. I love trees. I love uh, doing woodworking with trees, with wood. And... I want us to look a little bit at trees again today, but from a little different light, in that we are grafted in. Now, Brother Isaiah just read from Romans chapter 11, 
Is that right? Yes, Romans chapter 11. So let's go back there for just a minute. We are adopted. Adoption is a very legal and binding event. When a family adopts a child, they take this child in and they are responsible for this child. They love this child. This child is as much, if not more, a part of God's family than the natural born children legally, as far as the law goes. They are, it's a very tight uh, binding into this family when they're adopted. Now, in Romans chapter 11, and let's start in verse 13, Brother Isaiah just read this for us. For I speak to you Gentiles inasmuch as I am the apostle of the Gentiles and magnify mine office. If by any means I may provoke to emulation them which are my flesh and might save some of them. Now remember again who Paul was. Paul was Saul. You remember Stephen stood up and he told the story from Abraham all the way through to Jesus Christ and he said, who you murdered? Saul was there when they took him out and they stoned him to death for it. He was there and he approved of it. So remember what a change he's gone through. A tremendous change. Verse 15, For if the casting away of them be of the be the reconciling of the world, what shall the receiving of them be but life from the dead? For if the fruit, first fruits be holy, the lump is also holy. But if the root be holy, so are the branches. And if some of the branches be broken off, and thou, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them, and with them partakest of the root and fatness of the olive tree, Boast not against the branches, but if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. Thou wilt say then the branches were broken off, that I might be grafted in. Well, because of unbelief they were broken off, and thou standest by faith, but be not high-minded, but fear. For if God, who spared not the natural branches, take heed, lest he also spare not thee. Now, I want us to see ourselves as a tree. A tree that has a human nature. In verse 17 we just read, And if some of the branches be broken off, and thou, you, being a wild olive tree, were grafted in among them. In other words, we were a natural human being born under a falling a fallen nature that we inherited from Adam and Eve. I heard some preaching this past weekend, uh, some on adoptions uh, and some on uh, the different things surrounding adoption predestination, the security of the saint. But on my mind was the fact that we are grafted into the family of God. But no one mentioned that. And I couldn't get it off my mind. So I began to look into it and study into it some. 
And I want us to see this morning that we are of a wild nature. But praise God, we have been transformed by the process of grafting into the family of God. Grafted into a new nature. I would notice some of the trees that I've got drawn out here. Uh, you see some nutrition supply coming from the ground, from the root, from the base of the tree, up to all of the life in the tree. Alright? I want us to notice when God saves us, He changes our nature. We don't have this life of the Holy Spirit providing life through the Word, but it's given to us. Alright? So what happens when we graft into a tree? And again, I love trees. I love to think about and talk about the tree of life in the middle of the Garden of Eden. The Bible starts out with the tree of life in the Garden of Eden, and it ends with the tree of life with the fountain of crystal clear water of life flowing from the throne of God. He's the Alpha and the Omega, isn't he? It represents Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and His presence. No, God's not a tree. I'm not saying that. But the tree of life represents His presence, you see. So what happens when you graft a tree? I remember Daddy doing it on our farm. And he'd have a big old bandage looking thing on the tree for a long time until it took. What happens is they cut a gash in the side of the tree. It's a slice. It's a slice. You think of this as being the tree of life. What did we just sing? Wounded for me. Did that make you think of the fact that the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ's side was pierced? Why? So that you could be joined to Him. He was in the process of paying the price for this living, this life, this spiritual life that you now have that you didn't have before. Our text says that we were taken from a wild olive tree. One that did not have spiritual life. You, yourself, your natural person, in and of yourself, you had no spiritual life. You had no spiritual ability to live, not spiritually. To produce fruit, not spiritually. You didn't have it. But Jesus Christ suffered to satisfy God Himself, your Creator, for you. When Jesus was pierced, the Bible tells us that water and blood came forth out of there. You know, it is by the blood of Christ, through the blood of Christ, that God sees you today. And He's satisfied with you through Him. Oh, we beat ourselves up every day, don't we? Because we see our still natural selves dwelling within us. Oh, but the Lord 
when He died on the cross for you, He put your sins, your shortcomings, the things that you use to beat yourself up with every day, He put them away. Oh, that He would work on our minds so that we could put them away. And go to the source and put away the desires of those things that are in our fallen hearts. All right. From a wild nature, we have been transformed and grafted into the new nature of Jesus Christ. Yes, we have been grafted into the family of God. But I want us to look a little further into that when the Lord put Adam and Eve out of the garden. Remember, He put cherubims there uh, with a flaming sword to keep the way of the tree of life. But then He said, unless man put forth his hand and take hold of the tree of life and live forever. Remember that? What happens when a wild tree gets grafted in to a good tree? Well, we talked about the provision of life from the ground, from the trunk, up into the tree. How does it get there? How does it get there? When you look into the anatomy of the wood, you'll see that there are veins, if you will. It's like arteries that provide blood to all of your organs and all the parts of your body. They're here too. They're here too. And so what happens is this new branch, as it grows into this new tree, it takes hold of that new tree. It does so by growing into the fibers of the tree. The fibers of this tree, the veins of this tree. Uh, some of the science behind grafting, when you look into it, they're real careful to line these up so that the life flow of the tree lines up with the life flow uh, avenues, if you will, the paths in the wild branch it's grafted in. You see the work of the Holy Spirit there? How are we fed and kept alive? By the Word of God. Right? That's how we're nourished. That's how we take hold of the new tree. We grow into it. It grows into us. So this Word of God that comes up through this tree of life into us, how does it get there? It gets there by the Spirit of God, doesn't it? When He saves us, that's what He does, isn't it? It is. We are of a wild tree. But He cuts us off And he joins us to himself. We are joined to Jesus Christ. Is he not represented by the tree of life? He is. 
How are we joined? We are joined through the sacrifice when He was wounded for us on the cross of Calvary. It's no mistake that He hung on a tree, is it? He is so far above us and so past finding out, isn't He? He created the tree that He hung His Son on. He was bruised for you and for me. Isaiah said that it pleased God to bruise him. We know how much he loved his son. Completely, totally. With a love, an agape love that we can't even really get a hold of and understand. How much does he love us to put, put him to that point of giving his son up for us? I was going to point out, especially if the kids were here, that uh, God gives His trees a ring for every birthday. I think I had said that before. When you cut a tree down, you cut the roots, you count the rings, you see how many birthdays the trees had. How old is it? It's amazing the likeness that God uses in His Word when He explains what He's done for us. We have been adopted into His family. Without His sacrifice, we would still be a wild olive tree that I didn't draw over here that would never bear any spiritual fruit nor have any ability to. Why? Because it doesn't receive what it takes to live. What does it take to live spiritually? Well, how how did you become alive spiritually? It all comes down to the application of the Word of God by the Holy Spirit, doesn't it? It doesn't. I mean, it does. You weren't able to take a hold of the truth of God's Word. Why? Because you were a wild olive tree. You didn't have understanding. You didn't have opening ears and enlightened eyes to see the Word of God that was there. But praise God. We grow in Him. We bear fruit. And we're able to bear fruit because of obedience to God. Again, His Holy Spirit brings the Word of God into us, which gives us life, with that life stability and strength to stand on what He's given us, to stand on the truths of God's Word. And He is our Father. Oh, what a loving Father He is. When a child is adopted into a family, that child has lots of questions. We're not different. That child wants to know Will he be as important as the other children, he or she? 
Will this family get tired of the way they are and, and kick them out or give them back? Will they get rid of them? Will they not love them as much? All these questions. But the Father soothes their mind and their doubts by letting them know that the adoption that He has brought about is permanent. There's no court, there's nothing, Paul tells us, that can separate us from the love of our Father, our great Heavenly Father. He does the same for us, doesn't He? He comforts us, comforts us, giving us the security that we are His and none can separate us from Him. We live in Him. We live in Jesus, He in us, and us in Him. He's a great Savior, isn't He? He is a great, great Savior. Alright, back to Romans 8. We have been adopted into the family of God. We have been grafted into the family of God. We have been grafted into Jesus Christ, into the tree of life, by His amazing power. Romans 8 verse 1 says, There is therefore now, after what I just said, after we've been saved, we've been quickened, we've been grafted in, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are where? In Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit, not living as this wild olive tree as before, but living as this living olive tree, this good tree that produces good fruit. For the law of the Spirit, verse 2, Romans chapter 8, for the law of the Spirit of life, Who gives us the Word of God to feed on? To be nourished by? To be strengthened by? To live by? The Holy Spirit of God. The Spirit of life, right? It's the same as in the Lord's description of the tree. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. I'm not in this old tree anymore. I'm not this old tree anymore living by the fruits of the world that it gave me. No, I'm a new creature now. Verse 3, For what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh. Why was it weak through the flesh? Because I couldn't keep it. I was the one that was weak. And that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, yet without sin, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. We are a new tree now. We've been grafted into a good tree by the power of God. By the design of God. You see His perfect design and plan in giving us life? Doesn't nature cry out and say, there's a great Creator here? It does, doesn't it? Absolutely. I love the analogy of the tree of life. 
Verse 5 says, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded or to live and dwell in this old, unproductive, dead tree is death. What is death? Spiritual death is separation from God, isn't it? But we're no longer separated from God because we have been adopted, we have been grafted in to the good olive tree of the family of God. For to be carnally minded is death, verse 6, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Praise God that with this life comes this peace that you have in your heart this morning. No, we're not worried about what man can do to us because God is in control and He has us in His mighty and powerful hands. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God The old olive tree that was wild could never please God, could never produce fruit that would please God, but was only natural and dead or separated from God. But ye are not in the flesh, verse 9, but you are in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. You see how the Spirit of God dwells in us as an olive branch grafted onto the good tree. It's the Spirit of God, isn't it? God is in control. Verse 10 says, And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. This old person, this old olive tree that was wild, he's separated from God. He's dead. Why? Because of sin. Yes, sin that we were born into, which we had no choice about but sin that we've committed our entire lives to. We can't blame it all on inheritance, can we? But if the Spirit of Him, verse 11, if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead, that's the Holy Spirit of God, isn't it? What power! And that's what He's expressing here. If the Spirit that raised up Jesus from dead with the great and mighty power that none can thwart. If He dwells in you, then He that raised up Christ from the dead also shall also quicken your mortal bodies by the Spirit that dwelleth in you. Alright. Now move over to verse 24. Romans 8, 24. For we are saved by hope, by hope that it seems not hope. For what a man seeth, why does he yet hope for But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Likewise, likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. I know what my infirmities are today. It's spiritual weakness. It's spiritual weakness that's my fault. Why? Because I find myself living in the flesh again. In the old wild olive tree. 
Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But here is some more work of the Holy Spirit, and He is constantly at work in you. He is constantly providing what you need to do God's will and to produce fruit. Oh, did the Holy Spirit do? Verse 26, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. We don't even know how to ask for what we need, do we? But praise God, we have an intercessor who is bound to save us eternally. What a Savior. And he that searches the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession intercession for the saints according to the will of God. There's God's perfect design and plan again for you and for your life. You see, he's got your life planned out. He's designed your life to bring him glory through the fruit of the Spirit. You see, it's the Spirit that works in us to do the will of God. Because He knows the perfect, unchangeable will of God. In verse 28, and we know, and what a blessing it is if you do, if you know that this applies to you, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. Oh, ask Joseph. I will one day, I believe. Though it be meant for evil against us, God is in control. And He has our lives designed for good. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are decalled according to His purpose. Well, these trees out that I look at outside this window, they are perfectly designed. They're perfectly designed. They provide exactly what God designed them to provide according to His purpose. Verse 29 for whom he did foreknow. And that word's deeper than the knowledge of the existence of a person. That word is foreloved or foreknown with great favor. Talking about us as people who are grafted into his family. For whom he did foreknow. He's always loved you. He's always had the perfect design and plan for your life to bring Him glory. He also did predestinate you to be conformed to the image of His Son. Wow. We've made a circle back to the tree of life, haven't we? Absolutely. This old wild branch has been grafted in to the tree of life. And we are being conformed to His image. Predestinated to do so by the great Creator of all things. Is He at all in any way going to fail? No way, ever. 
For whom He did foreknow or forelove, He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son. When He comes and we see Him, we're going to know it's Him because we're going to be like Him. That's overwhelming sometimes to think of who I am and who God is making me. Conforming me to be the image of His Son. Why? That He might be the firstborn among many brethren. There's that family that we're grafted into. Brethren. Moreover, whom He did predestinate, them He also called. You see, God works His plan. He's not dependent on man to make a decision and work out His plan. God works His own plan out by His own power in His own perfect time. Moreover, whom He did predestinate, them He also called. There was an exact time when God planned on calling you and quickening your soul. And He wasn't late. He was right on time. Lazarus' sister thought he was four days late, didn't she? No, he was right on time to show the majesty, the power, and the glory of God. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he justified. There's that legal adoption. We're legally his. Why? Because he suffered on the tree and paid the price that a holy, righteous God demanded to be paid. Yes. Demanded that you pay it. And did I pay it? But we couldn't. And He loved us enough to send His Son to live a perfect 33 and a half years on this earth and voluntarily gave it up for you. What a Savior. Whom He called, them He also justified. And whom He justified, them He also glorified. The Bible tells us that the suffering of this life doesn't compare with the glory that will be revealed where? In us. He's going to glorify us. Or we're going to be just like Him. Holy, righteous, and pure. What a wonderful future we're facing. And we know that it's so because God promised it. What shall we say then, verse 31? If God be for us, who can be against us? I said earlier, there's no reason for us to worry about or fear what man can do to us. Because he can't touch the real us, can he? No. No one can. For we're in God's hands. We're in God's hands. He that spared not his own son, verse 32, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he be not with him also freely? How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? And that's all things that we have need of. He's the provider. We need something. We need to go to God's Word, don't we? Because the Holy Spirit through God's Word steers us and directs us to the right place to produce fruit for Him. You see, it's total dependence on Him. And it's standing on the rock of Jesus Christ and what He did when He was pierced and suffered and died on the tree. What a great Savior He is. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Verse 35. 
Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Seven things, by the way. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Because we are given up this wild life of ours, this wild olive tree that we were. We are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. That's where success is. It's through Him. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that love that we cannot be separated from is the promise of God of eternal life in and through Him. Oh, that we would cast everything else aside and focus on Jesus Christ and make Him the nucleus of our life. The nucleus so that as we live in all our needs we look in to him we have the spirit of Christ living within us providing all of our needs but we tend to look the wrong way don't we we tend to look out to the world for our needs let us not be that way Let us stand on the rock of our salvation that cannot be moved. We are eternally saved because we have been adopted into the family of God. Legally paid for. You belong to Him. The Bible says you're a slave to Him. And that's a good thing. That's a very good thing. What a Savior. Look to Him in all your issues. He's a faithful God. And He'll be faithful to you. And that forever.